Hello and welcome to HBC's M5 Podcast. It's that time every week where we talk about the ministry, music, mission, yesterday's message, and anything else that is on your mind. And I'm your host, John Wilson, and I'm here as always with our audio engineer extraordinaire, Becca Smith. And I'm joined with a special guest this morning, Mr. Austin Hilburn. Austin, say hey to the folks. Howdy, howdy. Well, it, th- this is so much fun. You know, we've been telling the church over the last uh, couple of weeks about all the things going on at Middlesex, and we have been praying for you guys. One of the things that uh, we do every single week is we pray for uh, a local church pastor, and so we also, you know, have been praying for you as the interim pastor uh, there over at Middlesex, and then obviously there's a lot of exciting uh, things developing. And I, I, what I would love to do, Austin, is rather than spend time thinking about what might happen, I, I'd rather just spend some time talking about how we ended up here, talking about the journey that the Lord has had you on and uh, and how you ended up in this place. Because I, I think I think it would be fair to say that this is not... Um, maybe we could see how God was moving and working and, and what some possibilities for the future might hold. But I, I don't think this is a journey that either of us, you know, we've known, known each other a while that we really expected. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's fair to say. So why don't we, why don't we rewind like as far as you're comfortable going back and, you know, because I think the way that most people know you, uh, if, the, if they do, uh, we've got a lot of folks coming here at Hepzibah that, and maybe even listen to this podcast that have only been here, you know, less than a year. So the, some of those folks may not know you at all, but yeah. the ones that do know you, uh, know you for your angelic, uh, voice <laughs> and your, uh, wonderful guitar playing. And, uh, you just were such a, a staple of our music ministry for, uh, for such a long time, but maybe let's let's start there and, and talk about how it was that you got how you how you got involved in that. How was it you came to be uh, a part of the music ministry here at HBC before any of uh, what's happening now is happening? Oh man, uh, my goodness! I, I've always loved music, and um, and and I've always really enjoyed praising the Lord. Um, uh, growing up, I, I learned guitar. Um, because I played clarinet, and I knew I would never get a girlfriend if I continued to play clarinet. Um, so I learned guitar, and uh, I bleached my hair because I wanted to look like Kurt Cobain from yeah, Nirvana. There you go. Um, and then, and then I went to church. Um, my sister took me to church, and uh, I'd gone to church my whole life, but never really saw that as a musical possibility. You yeah. know, to be able to use guitar in church, what? Um, and so it was really cool. Um, you know going to church with my sister, uh, being involved with a youth group that that uh, encouraged young people to, to use their instruments, to use their voice for God, um, that really gave me a different outlet mm-hmm. and, and venue. And, and it's kind of cool how God brings things full circle. Like right now at, at Middlesex, for example, um, I'm there uh, with a family, Renee and Lynn Peebles, and their son and me were really good friends growing up. Uh, we were at Faith Baptist, and we were in a youth praise band together, and God just kind of connecting that back together. But for me, music has always just been a way to serve, mm. not the way to serve. Um, of course, I love doing it, but honestly, I ended up falling into music at Hepzibah um, by God's grace. Really, I showed up here just because me and my wife, Emily, we really wanted to be fed. Um, we 
just wanted to grow and change. And we'd come from a wonderful church home in Nightdale, um, Bethlehem Baptist, and uh, my buddy George Fox there, the pastor there, man, such an encourager, great brother in Christ. But me and Emily were feeling led elsewhere. We were stepping into a journey as parents um, of, of, of two girls, and, and uh, we wanted a place where we just felt like they were supported and their needs were being met um, coming from um, kind of a foster care environment. And we just wanted to feel like we were growing. And we'd felt kind of a little bit stagnant. And, mm-hmm. and um, we came here, and we were just praising one morning, and Rita Bragg, uh, Kevin's wife came came running out after service, and she's like, "You've got to talk to my husband, Kevin." <laughs> and uh, she so wait, she could hear you singing, and and then I don't because usually I, when people hear me singing, it's I get the opposite reaction. They're like they're wincing yeah. uh, and saying, "Don't don't talk to anybody about being involved in music ministry." So she heard you and was like, "Oh man, you should. I don't I don't know if it was necessarily that she heard me." Um, <laughs> I had the 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 top head version of your your chin beard. I had like this really long hair, and so I, I knew that I stood out. And, she just assumed you were a wizard. Yeah, you had long hair. And and you know I I because of my different uh, you know environments and backgrounds, I'm a little bit more demonstrative in, in my praise. You know, I'll lift my hands or you know, see, I get into it, man. Yeah. You know, and um, and so I, I, I guess that probably just drew her attention. And, and what I thought was really cool, though, is I was at a place at first where, where people were actually looking um, to take people who love the Lord to to recognize their gifts and talents and want to use them to enrich the body. Hmm. Um, and it's not that other churches don't don't have that desire. I don't, I don't think you could say that about any church like everyone wants their people to be used and be used for God. But man, what intentionality and... Um, that was something that really called to me, and that became a wonderful thing. We, I was able to um, praise and sing, but me and Emily, even outside of um, just us doing worship, see, Emily was a tech theater um, mm. guru, and so she loves doing lights, sound. Um, she loves singing, and what's kind of really, really cool is uh, we got involved with worship here. Emily never thought about ever singing with me, and, and that's something that we're actually getting to share with now uh, together at this new space um, is is singing together and worshiping the Lord together and worship on Sunday mornings. But man, what an awesome thing uh, to have a chance to serve like that. But it opened the doors for so many different things too, um, because there are needs all in the church, not just the worship. And, and so we had an opportunity to pour into youth and to um, be a part of connect groups. And those were all things that really enriched us and built us up in the Lord. Yeah, I, lo- I love the story in that where, you know, you, 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 what you're really talking about is just taking the things that God has gifted you to do, the things that, um, you know, that you do personally, you know, as your as your own worship. Like, you, you personally sing to the Lord, and you personally enjoy music, as uh, among so many other things, but you get to take that thing that He has gifted you and that you enjoy, and then you get to use that to... Uh, lead others, and I think that was sort of the the thing that was just special. I think about um, you know the times when you when you led in worship is like you could tell that that you, that your leadership comes out of your love for the Lord. Your song comes out of your love for the Lord, and uh, and I think that makes it. I think it makes it really wonderful because it's not just hey, I'm I'm helping you guys, I'm leading you guys, but no, I'm I'm participating in. 
in the worship myself. So I, on behalf of Hepzibah, can I just say that we, we were just extraordinarily blessed for the time that, uh, that you were a part of our music ministry. And um, I didn't know until a few weeks ago that Emily sung as well. I believe you and I were talking on the phone and I was in the airport somewhere, maybe like Orlando or something like that. And you told me that uh, you and Emily had sung together. So Emily, if you're listening to this, way to keep that a secret because uh, <laughs> none of us none of us knew. Uh, I did know the other stuff. I did know that she loved uh, the behind the scenes. I knew that she loved the lights and the and the sound and the production aspect of it, but man, you you, you buried the secret, Emily, on the on the being yeah. able to, <laughs> on the being able to sing. So uh, that's that's really exciting, though, that you guys get to do that together, and that it gets to be, you know, a ministry that you share. I think, man, if I had to pull out one other thing in there that was just super interesting, is you know, because I'm I'm thinking about all those people that are at home that you know, aren't serving anywhere or they, they recognize that the Lord is calling them to serve somewhere, but there is always this sort of pull. There is always this tension that exists in that, like, I have to give up something else. There is something that I'm probably not doing because I'm serving. And so many of the things that you said, I think are the key to really being able to do it with joy. Like one, being able to do it inside of your, inside of your giftings, inside of things that God has clearly given you to be able to, to do two, to be able to do it out of love and worship for him, but three, to be able to do it as a family. Like the, if, if we get those things right and not, not always, are we going to be able to do everything together as a family? But when, when the consistent regular way that we serve the body is together as part of, you know, our family, then there's a lot more joy and there's a lot less of that tension. Um, I don't know if you found that to be true, but that seems to be to me just kind of looking at it outside in. Man, that that makes me think so much of uh, what Peter um, said in his epistle uh, in First Peter uh, chapter five. Like he talks about, he's exhorting the fellow elders to um, exercise oversight to, mm-hmm. to basically do their job, and he talks about him. He's like, you should be doing this not under compulsion, but willingly, you yeah. know, not for shameful full gain, but but eagerly. And and so, yeah, I mean, if if we're serving the Lord, it should be done out of a, a pure desire and love. To serve him and, and to serve others, um, if we're doing it just to check a box, man, it, you'll you'll flame out really quick. Um, that 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 strength and that joy has to come from him. has has to be in him. Uh, whenever we serve in those ways, so yeah, you, you know, I, I think you're so right. And and this is the nice part about um, having a uh, somebody else who is uh, preaching on a regular basis uh, on the podcast because you know you're going to get a half a sermon in here. Some, uh, you know, you get a preacher on here, man. They got something to something to quote, something to tell you. So no, I'm just kidding. I, I love it. And you know, one of the other things that I that I love, um, and people might not know this, is that you know you and I were in a D group together for uh, a year. So I, I got to see you know, just the way, uh, just your passion for God's word. I got to see how, um, seriously you took it. You and I got into a couple of, uh, memory verse showdowns, I think, where, um, we were trying to see who, who knew the verses the best. Um, and, but, but just seeing that, that joy for God's word, like come alive in you and just seeing the, the zeal and the passion, um, it's, it's no surprise to me um, where you're at right now, but talk for a minute, you know, for, I'm sure some of the folks that are listening have been in D groups and some haven't talk, talk to me about like how that's kind of shaped where you've ended up if you think it has. And um, you know, how, how does, how does that impact how you see the call that uh, that God has on your life now? 
Let me say this. One, those memory verses that you instilled us and really, really encouraged us to learn, John, I still practice those every day, those same ones. Um, rinse and repeat because they influence my speech, my thought. It's the way that I meditate on God's Word. Hmm. And, you know, I, I've talked to people in different D groups, and, and not everyone has the same focus. I was surprised because that was so valuable to me. But I tell you what, in all my time uh, as a Christian, I'd never been in a discipleship group. Hmm. Grown up in church my whole life, um, been in different places. And that one year, it changed everything for me. Hmm. Uh, and, and it made me realize, I was like, man, what would my life have been like had this happened years hmm. ago? Hmm. It's not that what's happening now, I know that it's God's timing and it's His purpose. And man, I was missing out on that. And, and, and the, the, the importance of discipleship groups, if, if, if you're listening out there and you haven't gotten involved with one, consider it. It is the most valuable hour in your week. It will bless your marriage. It will bless your family. Um, it, will, it, will, it will help you take that next step for the Lord. Um, I'm able to stand up confidently uh, you know, on Sundays because I know how to prepare for that. And, and, and while I've, I've taken classes and stuff that, that help in that arena, the thing that helped the most was in a discipleship group consulting with brothers and, and, and sisters in Christ but when I had my brothers around the table and we were opening up God's Word together, that was the same as if you were opening mm. up commentaries. I mean, that's what I consider if I open up a commentaries, I'm, I'm having a conversation with other Holy Spirit-filled believers. But here, I'm having a conversation with brothers that know me and love me, um, that, are, that are walking through life with me. Uh, we're praying for one another. And, and man, you're having those conversations. You're learning how to read God's Word and experience His Word and apply His Word. Mm. And um, I, I would not be where I am today without that. I, I could say that confidently. God, I can see 100% in a retrospective how he used that year in discipleship um, to take me to the next place that he had for me. And uh, it, it changed the way that I approached prayer in my home um, and reading the Bible. You know, that became an active thing that me and my wife did together. And that was necessary. Because now, my goodness, that habit and that discipline is already formed. We're not having to, to, to establish something new there. We have something together that God had put in place because of something like a discipleship group. Um, she developed friendships with women in the church through her discipleship group that to this day carry on, where they continue to meet together. Even after their discipleship group was done, they continue to meet together. They continue to pray for one another. And... and Man, it just changes your your posture, your your heart, your mindset, um, for everything in your walk with with the Lord. And so, it, you know, it's I, I, in there. You said, and I think this is you know, it feels familiar and true for me too. Is that you just you know, looking back on my life, and likewise, I, I didn't I didn't grow up on this side of the county. I grew up up the road a little bit, but you know, grew up in church, and but never had any real discipleship to speak of. Um, you know, we had normal, you know, Sunday morning activities and Sunday school and those kind of things, but never any really intentional, regular, consistent, um, person to, to pour into me and to challenge me. Um, 
And I, and I don't, you know, for what it's worth, I don't know that I would have received it if, you know, if that person was there. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to lay blame on anybody but myself. Um, but to think about, you know, what it's like to have that now and to have had that experience is one of the reasons we believe in it so strongly is because it, it made all the difference for me. You know, when, when I think about, uh, that first discipleship group that, uh, that I went through, like, and, and how that shaped me into who I am, I I see exactly the same things that you're saying. And and that's why I believe in it, uh, for others. And, And I also strongly believe that, um, it's one of the best preparations for ministry. Now, now that might not be full-time vocational ministry for folks, but wherever it is that God has you, wherever it is that he's leading you, even if it's just, you know, to be a leader in youth ministry or, or children's or somewhere else in the church, it's, that is one of the best preparations because you start to learn how to read on your own God's word and you start to learn how to digest it. And to your point, you go over it. Like I, I know from our conversations together that what the men in our group were doing was every single day, you know, reading the same passage and digging and mining and mining. And, and so our discussions were vibrant because everybody had spent a ton of time thinking about what God's word had to say and applying it to their life. And so thank you for sharing that because I I think that there's probably folks that need to be encouraged in that. There's probably folks that don't see themselves as, you know, somebody that could be sent out with a church plant, somebody that, you know, um, probably like you didn't see yourself when we, when we sent you out as somebody that would step in and, uh, and help to lead, uh, you know, in, in, in the capacity that you're leading in now. And yet that time together, it sounds like you're saying helped prepare you for being able to do that. Well, Absolutely. Well, it also helped it helped see that possibility. And I will say this about the discipleship group too. It doesn't necessarily matter about the program as much. I think that the discipleship uh, kind of regiment that, that you had, I think it was awesome. You know, we we went through Robbie Gallaty's books, uh, firmly planted and 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 growing and bearing fruit, and those were all wonderful. Um, more than anything, what it was was an exercise in showing me that part of loving God. Right, it's not just showing up to church. It's, it's loving Him with all of my mind mm-hmm. and all of my heart and all of my being. And, and, and too many times we invest our mind and our time and, and so many different things. But to invest in God in every way possible with our mind, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, because, man, he, he always blesses that pursuit. But I think the most meaningful thing to me was whenever you approached me and said, would you be in my discipleship group? Um, and I, I, thought, I think about that all the time because it reminded me so much of what Paul did for Timothy. In, in, in Acts 16, um, we see Paul show back up to Lystra. Um, he's going there to strengthen the churches. He, he's going there to um, make sure that they know that, that they're saved by by grace alone, and, and that they too as Gentiles can become a part of the family of God without having to jump through all these ropes. And, and he's encountering some of these disciples, and there's a young man there, uh, Timothy, who he, he's got a Jewish mother and a Greek dad, and we see Paul desire him, see potential in him. We see Paul take him hmm. and, and ensure that he's equipped for ministry. Right, and, and in Timothy's case, he yeah, unfortunately had to get circumcised. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for this instance, Paul has has seen somebody, and he's pulled pulled him aside, and he's poured into him, and he's teaching him, 
And look what Timothy went on to do. Mm. And, and once again, that's why the Lord tells us those things. That's, that's why we have the command to go and make disciples, because that's how the kingdom expands. It's how it takes a, a former Marine that, that was not living close to the mm. Lord, who never saw himself as a, as a pastor, um, to come into a place where uh, that's what I do. And I have no other explanation other than, than God's gracious and merciful and and wow, Lord, um, and and it's humbling um, because it is such a, a God God thing to think that you would use someone like me and and but discipleship, man, it's so key. And and I can't thank you enough, brother, for for taking the time to pour into me like you did for a year. Well, it, it was it was my pleasure, and uh, you know, it's also you know strengthening for me. It's challenging for me. It grows me to be able to, uh, disciple others, especially when you have, uh, somebody who, whose mind is like a vault when it comes to, uh, memory verses, we'll have to do a showdown. I think maybe we'll do another episode. Uh, this is it. This is the teaser. And we will do a, every one of the verses in D group, just, it could be anything and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You're on. <laughs> but that's a that's a, another episode, so tune in for that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was struck by that you were saying uh, just just then before that aside about the the memory verse challenge gauntlet throwdown um, is just what it's like to have somebody speak into your life and say, you know, I, I'd like to come alongside you. And and I think the thing that the thing that occurred to me is that there are probably a lot of folks out there that feel that way that, that are like, man, I know that there's something going on. I really wish somebody would come alongside me and encourage me. Like, I don't, I don't think I recognized that feeling in you until you articulated it, but that that's probably the case for a lot of folks and, and they don't know where to turn. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about, uh, your own journey and I was thinking about, you know, how, um, you know, you're, you're back in seminary now, like that you've been in seminary before, um, you know, and, and stop for a while due to work and all those kind of things. And so you're, you're back in seminary and I, and I think, and, and I hope that everybody at home hears this. I'm not, I'm not disparaging, you know, our, our seminaries, but I think that there's a lot of other places first where we need to prepare people, uh, for ministry and where sometimes people end up at seminary because they have that feeling like, man, I, I ought to be doing something for the Lord. And there's not anybody there to come alongside them and go, let me walk with you. Like, let, let me show you, let me guide you. Um, and, and let's spend some intentional time together so that you can grow. Uh, and then let's see if this, you know, let's see if this makes sense. I, I think sometimes it's just out of a, I don't have anywhere else to go. And it seems like a logical choice. Like talk about if, if you don't mind, um, you know, and, and recognizing that you're currently enrolled in Southeastern, you know, so, uh, you know, they might be listening to this. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but I, I know that it plays an important role in, in sharpening who you are, um, you know, in helping you um, prepare better for uh, the work that's ahead of you. But how do you see that balance between seminary, discipleship, uh, and, and the call that the Lord has on your life for, um, for where he's got you right now? You know, the seminary is a valuable, valuable tool, but I feel like in, in a lot of ways the seminary exists because discipleship is not happening in churches. Um, the, the, the seminary 
for many people, unfortunately, is the first place they've ever been that that shows them um, how to open up God's Word and, mm. and 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 you know expose the text and and it's the first place that people are experiencing that. And it's a great place, man, mm. for for the young men and women that I meet and encounter there. I'm seeing them growing incredibly and 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 to develop that mission mindset. At least we have a seminary that that is focusing back on the Word of God and pushing people back out to actually do yeah. what God has commanded us to do. But man, going there now, after having been a part of, of a healthy church, I'm not surprised by those things. Um, for me, it is an enhancement. It's, it's getting to spend a little bit more dedicated time um, trying to iron out how I'm going to show others how to do these things. But there's nothing new that I'm seeing there hmm. because I had wonderful pastors and, and brothers and sisters that they showed me how to do those things. Um, and so even without it, I can, even without a full degree, I can move ahead confidently because I've been discipled and I've been shown these tools. And now it's just a matter of God using time and experience to continue to develop me um, in, in, into what he's called me to do. But, but man, I, I think that... Um, if you're looking for a seminary to turn you into the Christian you need to be, it's not going to do that. Mm. It has it has to start elsewhere because it's just like everything else, man. You see people go in and and and, and drop out, and and people you know come in fired up and and leave depleted because the thing is, is if you're waiting for seminary to to make you into the person that Jesus has called called you to be, uh, you're you're placing your hope in the wrong thing. Mm. Um, and so I, I really appreciate um, what God is doing um, through the professors and uh, the men and women there um, to help shape me. Um, but once again, man, we've got to start with that at the church yeah. um, so that people can be effective whenever they go to places like that, um, that it is an enhancement and it's, it's a force multiplier instead of a first herd. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to look at it, right? Because here here's the here's the truth of it for me is like you know, if you have that if you have that ability, you know, first of all, of course, you, you know, you have to be born again. You got to be in Christ for any of this to even be possible, right? For us to be able to read and interpret his word and for us to be able to learn and grow from it, you have to be in Christ. And and if if you keep bumping up against his word and not being able to understand it, then uh, then you know, there's a question that I think you have to ask yourself there. Uh, but then, then, then the hurdle is like we need to get into His Word and we need to see what it is that He has for us, and we need to do that in the context of, you know, a relationship that has accountability and has some encouragement and has somebody to help direct. But from there, like it really is like get involved wherever God has you, like it, wherever He has a mission. It is the advancement of his kingdom. It is that all peoples would come to know Christ and hear this gospel, and you have a place in it. And so just get involved wherever that place is that he has you. And then as you start to see, man, I need I need to grow a little bit in this way, or I see that he's taking me to a new place that maybe I'm not quite prepared for. I think that's the role, you know, where where a seminary can do a great job coming alongside that and going, okay, let's, let's sharpen some of these skills, kind of like you said, um, and send you back out with some tools to, to do this better. But it starts with 
getting involved in the mission that God has wherever he has you and to the the best ability that you are able, be obedient to the call that he has on your life and and then see, then see where you need to grow, then see where you need to stretch, then see where else he's taking, taking you. And, and I think, you know, maybe this is the place that we'll kind of end uh, this conversation until you know, tune in next time for the for the verse showdown. <laughs> um, I keep saying it, so it's going to have to happen. Um, the, but, but maybe the last thing I'll leave you with, or you can share with the folks is just thinking about when, when you went out as part of this revitalization effort for uh, Middlesex, as part of this adoption um, along with Middlesex Baptist, like what you're doing now is not what you intended to do. That wasn't like, you didn't say, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be the, you know, the interim pastor. And then, you know, obviously they, they just brought your name to, um, to, to be the pastor of Middlesex, which is a wonderful thing. But, you know, I don't know that that was on the radar when you went out, maybe it seemed like a distant possibility. Um, but, but talk about how, talk about how, just the reasons that you said yes, the things that you thought you were committing to and, and how that maybe has shaped into, into what the Lord has you doing now. How, how did, how did it come about that, um, that you said yes to going to, uh, this adoption effort? And then how has God used that to guide you into, uh, into where you're at right now? Um, so the first thing was brothers calling me to action. Um, recognizing that there's a need out there um, and that we don't need to see a candle lose, lose its flame. Mm. This is not the time in, in, in our world, in our society, in our culture, where there needs to be less men and women hungry for the Lord and, and pointing people to Jesus. Um, and so the first thing is, is there was a need, and I had a brother call me to action. Mm. And, and I think that's important. I think we, we miss the value sometimes in actually looking at someone and saying, hey, will you go do this? There's a need. Will you be willing to do that? So I think there's value in that and not just relying on... Um, it's not that you don't rely on the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is working in us. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so I think calling one another to action and spurring one another on, mm. that's what we're supposed to do. So that's the first thing. Um, and whenever I was spurred to action, it made me contemplate what what I, I could do. Mm. Wow, I, I never thought about that. I, Lord, I don't see myself like that. But God, if this is what you want to do, will you continue to open those doors and make that clear and known? Um, so one, a lot of prayer went mm. into that decision because that's humbling um, to, to think that you're going to be um, helping guide people um, through God's Word and, and to be there for major parts of people's life. I mean, there, there's so many aspects to shepherding a flock that are huge, hmm. um, that I'm still learning new things every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but man, it, it was such a, a big thing. But I was reminded, man, how many people in, in the Bible that, that God called out that seemed ill-equipped or even thought themselves ill-equipped? Even Moses, you know, saying, God, I'm, I'm not a good speaker. Uh, you know, I, I'm not even that good at communicating my thoughts to you, God. How am I <laughs> going to do this in Egypt? And Egypt's like, I, I, God's like, you know, Moses, I, I know exactly what you're capable of. I, I made your mouth. And so it was one of those things. It doesn't matter what I saw myself as being mm. able to accomplish. Um, it was trusting that the Lord knew what he was doing and that man, if, if I was going to go uh, on this endeavor and it was going to be a few weeks or if it was going to be the rest of my life, um, my thing is, is am I willing to su submit my life before the Lord? Mm. Am I willing to be that living sacrifice? 
that, that, that we learn about, that we talk about, um, am I just going to say no because I'm afraid that I won't be able to do it? Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I'm here because the Lord showed me throughout my life that He's capable of doing great things, um, not just in me, but in other people around me, seeing people like Blake come up from a youth group and become a youth pastor, seeing uh, young men like Seth Morris over at Bethlehem going from being an intern to now he's he's married and and, and he's he's leading the youth over there and, and seeing people like you man um, step up to the plate people that were in the congregation that that rose up and were called to leadership man it's looking around and seeing people that not only set their heart to study the law of the Lord but to do it hmm. and then to teach it seeing that in action and seeing clear examples of that it helped me see that the Lord could also do that. And that, that's what gave me that confidence. And and and, um, and so I'm thankful to God for that. Yeah, I, I love that because, you know, I think it has so much to do with what um, what our eyes are on, what our focus is on, right? Like if, if our focus is on the Lord and His kingdom and, and the, the part in it that He has called us to, then then that can change. That can shift. He, he can call us to a new part. But if my focus is on his kingdom and in, on him and on my love for him, then wherever he calls me to, I, I get to be excited about that. And I get to go, man, I, I know, Lord, that you will give me what I need for this because it's not about me. It's about you and it's about your kingdom and it's about your glory and it's about people coming to know you. And so it can go from you know one area to another as he calls and as he leads. And I don't have to stress about it. Uh, because it's his calling and it's his leadership. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, Austin, thanks so much for spending this time with us. Thanks so much for, for coming on. I know that you've got a, a, a busy schedule, um, but thank you for the way that you're leading uh, over at Middlesex, and we are all uh, praying for you. And church, this has been uh, the M5 podcast where we talk about ministry, music, mission, message, and anything on your mind here at HBC, but don't forget that last M, so go and make disciples until we talk again next week. 